0: Welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator and speaker at Phantom Leap Education. At Phantom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realise. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we've all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. In today's episode, I'm excited to be having a chat with our guest. He's a speaker, author of Appetite Lies on Your Idea, founder and CEO of Virtual Consulting Group, along with so much more, Justin Eskar. Justin, welcome very much to the podcast. And yeah, just share with our listeners who you are about um, your consulting group and just we've already had a great chat beforehand i'm gonna add some of that in afterwards i'm just so excited to have you on
1: i've never had my name said by an australian man before so i got a little flutter in me so give me a second (laughs) um The accent makes my last name, because my last name is not a great last name, but when you hear the Australian accent, it's amazing. Uh, (laughs) Yes, my name is Justin. I am the owner of the Virtual Consulting Group. We are what we consider a conglomerated bunch of companies. Um, Our main focus is Virtual Computers, which is an outsourced IT professional company for businesses who have Apple products. So basically small to medium businesses who use Macs, iPads, iPhones. We are their outsourced IT. Along with that, we have a couple of offshoot pieces where we're an Apple-authorized Service provider, which is our newest uh, part, what we got in September of this year, called Gravity. We have MyMac Mentor, which is our our training arm of that. We have Aces Conference, which is our conference for other IT professionals to learn about the business side of IT consulting. We have a custom T-shirt store, and we have uh, books on on Amazon, and we have. We built our own piece of hardware one time and we have a software arm. So we have a lot of like little pieces that all kind of like flutter through the bottom of it. But the primary one is this outsource IT company that we've been running since 2008 Yeah. Um, and just taking it from there, yeah, man. So that's about
0: it. That that's just about it. My mind is blown already with, oh, we have this and this and this and this and this. And, this, and that's just about it. And that that I didn't realize you had all of this. I've obviously done some research on you. I've spoken with you before. And I didn't realize how big it was, but that fits in perfectly with their dynamic company culture because there's so many different arms to everything that you're doing. How, how can you manage to oversee the culture of it all and sort of steer it in the right direction? Um,
1: a lot of drugs, naps and crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you need new, it. Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is hard, folks. Um, Feel bad for us uh, uh, winners. <laughs> no, for me, what it is, it, it, it's a couple different pieces, right? So one is that, yes, there are all these different arms, but I look at our company the way I look at a hub and spoke. We're in the center of it is Apple Computers, and there's all these spokes that are adjacent to it. So what do we do? We do Apple Consulting. We do Apple Hardware. We do a conference for other Apple IT professionals. We uh, write software for Apple for Apple products, our hardware is Apple related products. So like, it all kind of comes from that. So we're able to build our culture around that, which really helps. Then internally between the staff and things like that, it's, we, a long time ago, we set um, what we call our immutable laws. And those are really the basis to what our culture is. This isn't isn't like a brand guidelines thing. This is strictly culture, like our values that make us work And I know you're going to make me recite them and I'm not going to remember them off the top of my head, so I'll look them up. (laughs) But I know like uh, a couple of them are like fast, but not furious. Like our job is to get you back and running, but not hastily and mistakenly. Or the education connection, which is we're training as we do things. Or cool as a cucumber. We understand when your technology doesn't work, you are pissed and upset and whatever, right? Yeah. But we'll stay calm and cool to like help you out and get you through it. So that's three of the five. Um, And so that's been the basis that we're able to use for all of the other brands, because it's all related back to Mm. that. And because the IT consulting has been the longest standing part of it, it all stems from like that one, that one rule. So we use that as our basis to push that out. And then everything builds on top of that, whether it's our internal communication, whether it's our branding, whether it's, you know, how we, uh, I don't know, uh, send emails or whatever, like, All of that's kind of based around that one thing, or at least those five things.
0: And also, they're they're very universal as well. It doesn't matter whether you're in IT, whether in you're in commuting, whether you're in the health field, whatever it is, you can take that. Like they're cool as a cucumber. Who wants a hothead coming in when already there's there's multiple hotheads going off? It's just like setting off a bomb, as opposed to you can come in, diffuse it, and then go about it, like you said fast, but not furious. So you can go in, you have control over everything. And yeah, it doesn't really matter what field you're in. Those ones work beautifully together. And I, yep. Sorry, Josh. I I wanted to
1: look up the other two just because I know people are gonna ask. (laughs) I, and I, it's not that I don't remember them. It's just that it's, it, it's for me, it's late in the afternoon. It's been a long day. Uh, the honor system, we believe in being honest with our clients. And most of all, happiness is contagious. We only deal with happy people. We only want to deal mm. with happy customers uh, and happy clients. If you're a miserable louse, like, we don't want to work with you. You're not yeah. the kind of people we want to work with. Um, so, yeah, so those are the five. Honor system, cool as a cucumber, fast, but not furious, education, connection, and happiness is contagious. That's the yeah. five Pillars that make up our business. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I love especially the last one that happiness is contagious, because I talk about that in my in my talk as well. About you coming into the office using the power of music, the power of posture, walking with power of passion, and purpose. And eventually you get one person, then two, then four, and they're all sort of on that wagon with you. But it also works both ways. It works both for you, but it can work against you if you like you said, if you have those negative people. They're just going to drag everyone else down, and it yeah it all starts from those five steps. And I I love them.
1: Thank you. I I do agree. Like if if you're coming in, and this is strictly from an owner's perspective, if the owner's coming in being sad and depressive, everyone else is going to be. But if you're coming in as the owner and you're happy, and you're like, let's go, guys, we can do this, blah blah blah, yeah. whatever. Even the sad, the, the the people who are sadder in the organization. Um, that sounds bad, but even the people who are like more, you know, the Um, the Eeyores or whatever, they'll get it right. Like they may have a bad day from time to time, but they're going to have less bad days. If you keep bringing that happiness to them, if you keep, if you keep empowering them, if you keep pushing them. So like, here's something we do. I'm really proud about talking about this because this is something that we do in our business that no one else in my industry is doing that I know of right now, which Mm -hmm. is, we offer professional development coaching. We have a professional development uh, coach, not on staff, but she's a consultant, a good friend of mine. I love giving her a shout out, Melanie Curtis. She's the best, love you. Um, and we pay as a benefit to, for our employees to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And that, that their conversations with her, her are both, on a, and it's completely confidential. I don't know anything that's going on. It's to help them grow both professionally and personally and so having that i the amount of times i've had a staffer be having a crappy morning have a call with mel and crush it in the afternoon because melanie is a very happy person she's always uh, she says she's not but i don't believe her she's always happy she's (laughs) always she's always smiling or whatever it is and she has this like Thing about her that like you latch onto it's that it's that happiness is contagious piece you latch mm. onto that and then all of a sudden all, my the, my team is doing so much better and it's because I'm offering that ability for them to do that yeah yes it's a little self serving not gonna lie when you're the owner every move you make is a little self serving because you're trying to help the business mm. but I truly want to try to help my staff grow and be better like I don't want any of my staff to work for me for more than three to four years. right? I want them out because I want them to grow and move on. If they're sitting at the same level for four years, they're going to be bored. They're going to be spiteful. They're not going to do what they're not going to be perform at their best. Mm. All of those things that we don't want from a cultural standpoint. So like, what can we do to help that? Well, either push them to do better and move up the ladder or push them to do better and have them want to go do better outside and leave the company. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. If somebody leaves to do better outside your company, you should be praising them for taking that opportunity, not hating them because they left you in a pickle.
0: I, I love that. And it's such a perfect reframe. And the fact that you do that, like you have a happy staff, they're going to perform better. And it's they're not just improving, like you said, at work, but they're improving their home life. They're improving all elements. So it's a win for the business because they're happier. They're more productive. They're, they're all of these positive. It's a win for the employee because they're becoming a better person. They're getting more skills. They're going to be happier at home. And it's even a win for their families and for their friends because they're going to hopefully elevate all of them as well. I love that. It's, that's a beautiful reframe that it's not bad that they're leaving, but it's good. that It's almost like you're, you're the bird there. You're the eagle and you're pushing them out to fly. Yeah. I talk about like
1: the push thing. The push thing is the key there, right? Because so many times we have managers or owners of companies who want to pull everybody up to their level. When in reality, and I'm stealing this a little bit from Gary Vaynerchuk about the whole eating dirt thing, we have to be as the owners on the ground pushing people to do better. We have to be, like you said, the eagle pushing the bird out of the nest. I want to make my staff better i'm going to push them to do better i'm going to throw things at them that they're going to be uncomfortable with knowing that they're going to have problems with it but also work with them to say when you have problems come talk to me to see if they come figure it out or if they come talk to me and then we can figure the problem out together like those are the different things so like a little bit of it is manipulation a little bit of it is egotistical but at the end of the day who cares man it helps grows. the business grow it helps them grow and at the end of the, and and really at the literal end of the day when they can go home and go man that was a really tough day but i totally crushed it
0: yeah
1: it doesn't matter if they crushed it because i like egged them on or i gave them the answer or whatever it is if they feel good in that moment they're going to come back feeling good in that moment yeah. so so that's the kind of thing that you have to do too many entrepreneurs really believe that like they're on some sort of throne that like, you know, I'm going to hire all these people. They're going to do all this amazing work. And I'm just going to sit back and like count my checks. Like they, yeah, I, they have to be in it. You got to be in it to win it. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I, I love that. And like you say, if you can help them crush it at the end of the day, they're going to leave pumped up and even go home. Cause I know when I've had a really an awesome day, I come home and I tell my wife, I tell my daughter and they, they get excited as well. And then you start off the next day and, and it's that snowball effect working for you
1: yeah yeah yeah. when the days that i close a new client and i'm like super excited at dinner and i'm talking and my my son is seven we were talking about him earlier crawling under my table here (laughs) but like he he he's not at the point where like he comes home and goes how was your day daddy but like if he hears me talking to my wife about a new client that we're working on or whatever it is he goes oh you closed a new client that's so cool but then if he hears me talking to my wife being like oh this client was such a pain in the ass and i hate them and i never want to deal with them he'll go he'll be like it's okay, daddy. You don't need to work with them. Like, he gets it. He's seven mm. and he gets it. He gets it better than a lot of other entrepreneurs I know. And he's mm. seven. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, what, it's it's so funny. Uh, my daughter, who's three, will come up to me and, like, stroke my face. It's okay, daddy. Because she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> And um, something
0: like that makes anything all right.
1: Oh, my God. It makes everything all right. If I can take a nap watching TV with my daughter, like, it's the best thing ever. But uh, the, the point here is that, like, as owners... As managers, as top-level people, our job should not just be to pass the buck back and forth. Our job should be to push the people who are under us to get above us. We should yeah. all move up to get to the top of that ladder. And that's how people like yourself and I even got here in the first place because like y- you had, a, you had your, your shitty coach who probably pushed you. Mm. Even though you knew you were good, he probably pushed you to do better. I had a job, I worked at a company prior to starting my own and they didn't do that. They didn't do that. And 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 our department failed miserably and they were like, you're not doing your job. And they fired me. And I'm like, it's not my fault. But I took that as a lesson and I made sure that I never do that for my staff. And I've always pushed. I have one person who works for me. I love this one. Uh, a friend of the family, of my wife's family, he worked for me at the very beginning of his career. And now he's worked, he worked at Box for a long time. And now he works for Amazon in, in some secret lab. I don't know what he's doing. But his mother, his mother, who's like best friends with my mother-in-law, like whenever we see them is always like, so and I was doing great. And it's all because of you. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It is because of me. Like, <laughs> it is because of like, me. But like, I'm happy that he's doing so well. Yeah, I don't care that he doesn't work for me anymore. I care that I did something. He worked for me. He was happy. I pushed him to do better, and he's doing so well. And I want that for all of my staff. And mm-hmm. everyone should. If you're trying to lock people into your team because you know you're so afraid to lose them, get lose them. Learn how yeah. to deal. Grief sucks, but like learn how to deal. You'll find someone else.
0: Mm. And that that purely shows the security that you have within yourself. To, to be able to celebrate when people are leaving, when people are doing good. Because I know with me, I've got my team around me as well. And my goal is, as you said, for them to do better because we're, we're at a certain level and I'm always pushing, always pushing. But then I want to not just leave everyone behind, but push them with me as well. Yeah. And the way that you do that is give them that freedom, give, that, give them that autonomy, give them that, yeah, that push out.
1: Give them all the tools that they need to do. I have a, a friend of mine, another IT consultant, and he does the same with his team. And I, I want to do this with my team. I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of it. But like to make them do, to make them be feel or make them feel better, he pays for their Apple One account, which gives them uh, Apple Fitness Plus. And he buys them uh shoes, like work comfortable, proper work shoes. Yeah. every six months or whatever it is because he knows like where they are in like I think he's in Louisiana um like it's like a big issue there like and they do a lot more they go on site a lot they're doing a lot more wiring and and mm. they're on you know they're all about so it's, it's it's a different scenario than ours but like he offers that as a benefit to the, his team because he knows that's what's gonna make them better yeah Because like what's a pair of shoes cost man like 30 bucks 40 bucks like and apple one is like 30 dollars a month or 25 dollars a month like to give them apple fitness and his team is happy because if you can help them with their personal life without being intrusive mm. they will be happier in their professional life
0: and that that's really what this this whole podcast is about is what can we do and you you said it beautifully just said is if you give it's not that much really it's not that much for that new pair of shoes for as you said with a personal development for your staff that's that's brilliant because you make the people a better person they're a better worker and they're also a happier person a happier worker because i say if i was to be a, a client of yours i'm sure i'd much rather deal with someone like you where we've been laughing like beforehand and during and with the last chats like i i said i was on a speaker mix with you justin and how you you may you would give me the giggles by just the little messages that you're doing, and that is someone that I'd love to work with. And then that's where what's he doing, where it enables him to have this sort of feeling, make that feeling on me.
1: Yeah, yeah. it. And the other thing about it is it's it's got to be truthful. Like I mean, I know I joke around a lot about, uh, you know, because you asked me in the beginning, like, how do you do it? And I, when I said what I say, said, like drugs, crying, and napping, right. right? Like I make that joke a lot because obviously we have our work personalities we have our personal personalities and i'm sure that like y- y- you you're a good-looking guy you're a very happy person you you work out all the time but i'm sure there are days where you wake up and you're like god damn it i just want a cheeseburger and lying back, right like <laughs> it's, sure. it happens to the best of us it happens to me more often than i like to admit but i'm <laughs> <laughs> fine um but you know knowing your own truth allows you to be able to help others figure out theirs as well right like don't expect don't expect yourself to be happy 24 hours a day seven days a week and don't expect your staff to be happy 27 hours 24 hours a day seven days a week and don't try to make them right if they're legit having a bad day like we had a staffer where there was something happened with her spouse and like i'm not gonna talk about the details of it but like i was like you go home i was like you deal with this now call me i will check in with you in two hours and make sure everything's okay like whatever you need i'm here for you yeah but this is you personal go do with it because she wouldn't be able to work and i don't want her working like i don't want her working when she's in the mode let people be right don't don't look at someone who's sad for a day and go what am i going to do to cheer them up you know what i mean like Mm. let it this is this isn't this isn't a one-off thing this is a a, a broad stroke idea that we're talking about. We're talking about what can we do in the long run that's going to continue yeah. to benefit companies throughout. Not not it's not a here and now. There's none of these are quick fixes, none of these are band-aids. These are long-term solutions that need planning, careful consideration, um, and need to be like thought out and dealt with and then accepted by everyone in your company as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot to be said. Um, you know, it's not always, it's, it's not an everyday thing. So, so understand people's personas, understand your own. I think that's a big thing. Like I still, I still don't, I'm 42 years old. I've run a company. I run this company now for 15 years. We're doing all these things. And I sound great on paper when you say my name with, the, <laughs> with your accent, but like I, last night I was having a shitty night. You know mm. what I mean? Like I, I got into an argument with one of my staff members and it just threw me off and you know i was texting with melanie because she because we work with her and i was like this is what i'm feeling this is how i feel about something at work and she's helping me through to try to get through it all but like at the same time my daughter was sick my kid was my son was yelling at me i had to clean to do the dishes i had work to do like yeah we all get stressed mm. but i woke up today got on my peloton refreshed clear clear mind mm. and then so far today, it's been a really, I mean, it's its its later in the day for me. It's already four o'clock. So basically, it's quitting time for me. Uh, but like, it's been a really good day. And then I get a chance to talk to you, which makes it even better. So like, it's one of those things where like, don't be in that moment. <clears throat> look at it on the broad, look at the broad. And what can we do to continually help somebody? It's never about right now. What can we do to continually help somebody? If that's offering them a, an incentive to do better, if it's helping them through a problem in the long-term, you know, the long-term solution to one of those things, pro- providing benefits for them, doing whatever, that's what you need to work on. That's a culture. That's a culture. Not, not sticking a bandaid on a problem because that's not culture. That's, that's triage. And that's not what you want.
0: Yeah. And it's not authentic as well when you do that. Cause I know like I've, I've taken companies away as well for, for a weekend and I go what I don't want. And this may sound weird, but like, by the sounds of it, you understand completely, is I don't want people to go away for the weekend, the bosses, then come back and be all la-di-da-di-da, because that is, like you said, that's a very short-term thing. I also give them videos every month because it's not, one weekend isn't going to change anything. And if people do come back, like, let's hold hands and sing and dance. And, you know, that's going to, that just doesn't work. But it's for that 12 months, that 18 months, constantly chipping away bit by bit. And that's where the results are. And I, I love how honest you are as well, where it's like you said yesterday, you had a shitty day. You had a, a day where just this and this, and it seemed like there was just layer upon layer, but you spoke to to Melanie, you got it sorted out, but then you, you dealt with it. So it's not like you just pretended it wasn't there. You dealt with it by speaking with Melanie, And then you move forward. And then today, you've had a great day. You get to speak to me all the way from New York to Sydney, Australia, and it's just a turnaround. But you're authentic.
1: Yeah, I I, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. It's it. There's a level, uh, and I'm very open about this. I talk about uh, like eight years ago, I was diagnosed with clinical depression, and I went through. I tried all these different drugs to make it work, and I'm finally on one that I'm happy with. Called gabapentin, which I think, by the way, everybody should be on, but that's beside the point. Um, (laughs) And uh, uh, but like you know, there's a level there is a level of legitness where my happiness is drug fueled, right? That's part of it. That's why I take the the medicine that I take. But there's also part of me that like so. I've been doing this thing. You'll 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 like this. Uh, This year, my goal was to ride my Peloton at minimum. 10 minutes every day. That's what I started with January 1st. Every day, 10 minutes. Sick, tired. If I went on vacation, I had to find a place to ride a bike and use the app, whatever. Which we went away in South Carolina in August and I picked the Airbnb because they had a Peloton in the house. But <laughs> whatever.
0: No, and I love it.
1: But now I'm doing almost 30 minutes a day. And every morning I wake up and I go, oh, I'm only going to do like 15 minutes because I'll just work out later. I'll close my rings or my train will show up, whatever. And I still Wake up, and then I do thirty minutes. However, I break that up, and I'm not doing like I'm not doing like crazy hit rides. I'm doing like a five minute warm up, a low impact, a smooth ride in the you know the video, and then a cool down and a and a, and a stretch. But like mm-hmm. I went from going like every because I get up early. I get at six forty five. I get on the bike first thing. Then I have to wake up my kids and get them to school. So like I get through this. But like for me to get up and then go. I'm only gonna do ten minutes. I don't really feel that good. And the next thing I know, I did thirty minutes today. Yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome! Like, how good is that? That's the stuff that fuels you. And if yeah. you can take those little wins for yourself, then you're happy. And like we said earlier, happiness is contagious. You will be able to put that out on other people. That being said, there's still stuff that will stunt your day. But like, find the the mechanics for you that help you deal with and navigate those problems. In this case for me, texting with Melanie or talking to my wife, or like just literally going to bed. And mm. come in the next day, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ride. And then I got on and I like did what I had to do today, squashed the squash the issue with my my coworker who I was having a fight with. Uh finished building some piece that I was trying to something for our website I was trying to build, and like got a bunch of stuff done. Clients are happy. Uh uh staff is happy what more can i ask for
0: yeah i'm I'm beautiful because like i said you squash it you you dealt with it where a lot of people it when they don't deal with it it just festers and it comes back to that culture that you've you've created because as we were speaking about i should have hit record right from the get-go as we were speaking about beforehand was culture isn't something where it's just went there we go it's it's slow you guide it To where you want to be and being able to deal with things and okay it's dealt with and now moving forward now you said you have happy staff you have a happy family you have a happy self and you're moving forward yeah yeah
1: yeah. and then i get to talk to you wrap up my day and be done
0: we're winning on all levels And (laughs) and i'm very conscious of the time and i said this before that i always get carried away with stuff so Justin, as we start to wind things up, what's a few pieces of advice you give to a 15-year-old Justin? Not your son, not your daughter, because they'll go, that's just dad. That knows nothing. 15-year-old Justin. So that's
1: a that's a rough one because, so ever since I was little, I've always wanted to own my own computer company. Yeah. Like, yeah, because I looked up, so I grew up, I was a nerd. I'm a hardcore nerd. <laughs> I grew up and I was like, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Oh my God, I can do that. My heroes. And Yeah, those are my heroes. And I remember also being really, like I was really good at business. I, like I, in, in fifth grade, my my best friend Evan used to make these like, uh, these origami pencil holders out of like notebook paper. And I'd buy them from him for a nickel and I would sell them to the person on the other side of me for a quarter. Like that was what <laughs> I, like I'm not lying. In high school, I was a member of the future business leaders of America. And we had to sell candy to raise something. Like, I constantly sold the most candy. Like, like remember like growing up, you know, the, the pervy dude with the trench coat with like, you want to buy a watch? Like it was <laughs> yeah. Do you wanna you wanna buy MM Skittles, Sour Patch Kids? Like I did that, like right. So between my business side of things and my and my tech side of things, I grew up and became exactly what I wanted to become, which I didn't think would be even possible. And here we are. So for 15 year old me, the honest advice I would give him is start earlier uh, because I started, I got out of college in 2002, probably one of the worst US economies, couldn't get a job. I was like temping, I was doing some other stuff. And then I ended up working for a company from 2004 until 2008, when I finally left and started my own thing. Now, granted there was great work experience from that job, 2004 to 2008. I learned a lot in that job. I learned what not to do in that job. So mm-hmm. I don't think that my current trajectory would have been able to be changed had I told myself at fifteen start earlier.
0: What yeah. I would have
1: done though is, in college, gotten an internship, or when I was in high school, got an internship in something that's related to it. I knew my limitations. I wanted to. I couldn't code. I could barely <laughs> speak English. Let alone a computer language. So I had to like eliminate those things faster because I kept trying. I would have given myself the advice of take every opportunity that's given for you, and if you can't take one, look for one and yeah. and seek that out. Because I could have worked for the company that I was work that I that I worked for in two thousand two. He was around when I was in college, and I could have worked for him in the summertime and learn then and start it earlier so like mm. if you know what you want in life which at 15 going you know, gonna a lot of people don't and that's totally yeah. cool but like if you think you know what you want go try it like mm. it doesn't hurt to try it, especially at that age because what's the worst that's going to happen you're going to go to bed in a house that hopefully your parents are still paying for yeah. like you're not going to end up on the street if you screw up an internship or you don't take an opportunity to go to take a film class or like you try to like be, uh, you start training at the gym and you're not hitting your goal weight. Like you still have a place to go. Look at the hey, stuff that you have as a positive. Yeah. Look at the things that look at your, look at your safety net. If your safety net is good enough, go try something because you always have the safety net to fall back on. So that would be my fifth. 50- my 15 year old self should stop playing video games and get his ass on the phone and start. <laughs> making and start, you know, do, doing some business.
0: <laughs> uh, making the video games.
1: Yeah, start making the video games, start drawing, start coming up with scripts. Like my um my nephew, God bless him, at his age, he wanted to make video games. And so I sat down with him and I said, I want you to write for 20 minutes a day, a script for a video game. And mm. like, it didn't pan out, but like it got him thinking, mm. right? It got him moving um now he's into marketing and he wants to do i think he wants to do sports marketing but like it all stemmed from that same thing like i was like if you want sports marketing like who are your favorite teams what do you like about their marketing come up with ideas for them even if you never send them to them like give me the best new logo design Mm. for insert random team here because i'm not a sports person um (laughs) (laughs) right like this is a great place. You can overlay your favorite rugby team right over my yeah, mouth there. Right, right. Um like go do those things and I think that's what I think that's what younger generation I'm not that old but the younger generation are missing. I think they see too much on Instagram where they go, I can make a billion dollars if I just rent someone else's house yeah. on Airbnb and blah blah blah. That's not true. The truth is if you want to go do something, start trying to do it because you have nothing nothing yeah. to lose. Right now I'm 42, I have a wife, I have a family, I have a house. I could screw up tomorrow and lose my house. I have something riding on it, but you I know I have a safety that. net, right? I know yeah. I have a safety net. I have my parents who love me, who would put me up. I have, a, I have a, uh, my in-laws who love us, who would put us up. If God forbid something happened, God forbid something happened, and I screwed up that badly, and my wife screwed up her job that badly, that we were all of a sudden homeless, I have somewhere I know I can live. So knowing that allows me to take more risks
0: yeah, it gives you that keep freedom. that in mind
1: yeah keep that in mind keep that and go push yourself so i would tell a 15 year old me get the hell up and start go do something
0: i love it and as we start to wind up justin who would be your ideal client and where can they get in contact with you
1: Uh wow that's a good one um so we are a, a mac focus shop right we only deal with clients on Mac. so small businesses anyone under 50 uh that use apple products we're mostly because we're u s based um anyone in the United States, but I have friends from running on my conference. I actually have a consultant right in Sydney, Australia. So if you need help, I know who exactly who to send you to. Um yeah, like ten a, a ten to fifty person fifty person company using Apple products. Honestly, we don't care what vertical they're in because at the end of the day, a computer is a computer is a computer. Yeah. So if you're a graphic design doctor, nonprofit, we love nonprofits, um, whatever we can still support it because we're supporting the architecture on top of the programs you're using at the end of the day like when you really tear it all away it comes down to the same basic things and i'm not trying to belittle it it's just that's the truth behind it yes so yeah yeah it's just that simple yeah
0: and can they get in contact with you through like your website through are you oh yeah so head over to
1: yeah head over to virtuacomputers.com v-i-r-t-u-a computers.com uh, you'll find us there. We're headquartered in New York. We have offices in Des Moines and in uh, De- Des Moines, Iowa and Columbia, Missouri. Uh, we have an office in Miami. We have we have uh, clients across the United States. So we're working in all time zones. But head it over to virtualcomputers.com and then uh, check out our, our contact us page. And we actually just put up our new our new homepage with our new home graphic, which if you're looking for proactive support, which is what you should be doing if you don't have an IT company, click on that button, tell us what you're afraid of and we'll come in and we'll make sure that you're taken care of
0: beautiful everyone i'd recommend go checking them out like you said whether you're in america whether you're in australia wherever you are the pandemic has really made us all go global so justin i want to thank you so much for your time i've had a lot of fun both before recording during now and i'm sure after recording as well i'm going to keep recording for a little bit longer but thank you very much justin
1: yeah thank you david appreciate it thank you so much
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. If you're a successful Chief Operations Officer, Human Resource Manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community, and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions as we post regularly don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show they mean a lot to my team and i if you want to know more go to our website www.phenomleaf.com.au p h e n omleap dot dot or follow me on LinkedIn and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode. We we're just talking about you being the rugby and, and, and
1: you being really good, and the coaches hate you. And the funny thing about this is, one is I know absolutely nothing about rugby except for the fact that like I used to be a consultant. I used to be an IT consultant uh, at a company. And this girl who is from France, who I became really, really good friends with, she was like, hey, there's this one bar in New York City that's playing the rugby games. Do you want to go to the bar with me? And I was like, yeah, I'll go to the bar with you. Like, whatever. And like, she got all into it. And I'm sitting there like having a beer, being like, and everyone in the bar, everyone in the bar, because there were all it was all international crowd in the bar. And I'm probably the only true New Yorker in a bar in New York City on like the Upper East Side, which is where like (laughs) the Jewish ladies and their little dogs live. And here I am. And everyone's like, yeah. And I'm like, tell me what's happening. I want to be in the network What am right? I watching? What am I watching right now? Um, so yeah, I know nothing about rugby, but what you're saying about being too good and the coach is not liking you. I mean, you could equate that to being really good in business and your manager not liking you, but like you have to, there's a level of that where you have to be careful because you want your manager's manager to like you because if you if if you just have one manager and they don't like you they're just going to report that you're shitty no matter what Mm. whether no matter how good you are to their managers but if their manager knows how good you are you you don't that spike goes away right and it's the same thing like if your coach doesn't like you but the rest of the team does or the assistant coaches do or the owner of the team does then the coaches problem it's it's i don't know if you allow cursing on your podcast but it's it's the asshole theory right Mm. if you bump into someone they're an asshole if you bump into 10 people you're the asshole right and so it's that same thing here where if your coach doesn't like you and you're amazing and your teammates like you and the assistant coach like you and the owners like you clearly the coach has a problem with you it's not you it's the coach right so it's the same thing in business if your manager doesn't like you because you comb your hair in a different way than he does yeah <laughs> yeah you, 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 your wife is prettier, like whatever you're more fit than they are you're taller i had a manager who didn't like me i'm only five eight i was taller than he was and he got he didn't like that about me like i'm not that tall of a dude and like but the managers the other managers did like me and that only got me so far but yeah, that's, that's where that's at. So you got to like, it all kind of comes into play with that and stuff like that. All right, so yeah. now we can do introductions. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
0: no, no, I'll just follow off the back of that because it, it's funny that you talk about where the, if the one manager doesn't like you, they're the asshole. But you know, like where you were speaking on there and you are just so good, you were the best presenter that the people that don't like you, they have to rebook you because yeah. the, the audience loves it. Everyone loves it. And then eventually what happened with this coach, it, he... I don't know what it was. He hated my guts to start off with. By the time we were three quarters away through the season, I think I just wore him down by getting performance after performance after performance where you can't deny it that this person is great at what they do. So, and with everyone else singing the praises, eventually he got round to, I was never his favorite, but you could see the animosity sort of just got beaten out of him by the other players in the team that were rallying around the other coaches the board of directors they all know knew who i was so the fact that they kept going sort of wore him down and went okay we'll get david okay we'll get justin on stage he's too good and then by the end of it they go i'm a justin fan
1: yeah so the pre or so so whoever's editing this the precursor being that it's telling a story about i used to do presentations of this show and the guy who ran it didn't particularly like me yeah. Uh, and I'm okay saying that because I'm pretty sure he's never gonna hear this podcast and so <laughs> uh and so the problem was that every every time I would do the show I would send him like, hey, what were the results of like the post the post show survey like who was the best speaker whatever it is and he would always take months to write back to me and be like oh it, it, it was you yeah. um and I was like I knew that I just just wanted to win <laughs> you a little bit and just get it in there um yeah. you know and what's funny also is, That guy, you know, he used to run a really popular conference in my industry and nothing against him. But like when I started running my own conference in the industry, he told me I did everything wrong. And here we are in in, this past May. We just hit eight years. We survived COVID and he didn't. Mm. So like, yeah, he might have been successful for this couple of years before I started. He had a head start. But like, we're still going strong and sure, we're a smaller conference, but like just because they tell you you can't like doesn't mean you shouldn't and mm. honestly this this is a uh, uh, what do i call that like he's mirroring right he's mirroring yeah. his own insecurities on other people who are trying to do things in his field and it's the same thing it could have been that like maybe you were so good at rugby and i mean i don't know about this anything about the story but like your coach was a failed rugby player like he got out in the first game and twisted his ankle and that ruined his rugby career and now he just hates all the superstars you know what i mean like This is very life. This is like a a shitty Sandra Bullock movie. Um, But like that could have been the situation. A lot of the time, when the managers are not liking the person who's clearly good at what they're doing, mainly it's them mirroring their own insecurities onto you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's something so profound. There There we go. Well, I I think I should just sit down. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's stuff like that where you just go, Man, I wish I'd have hit record right from the get go, and that's a lesson that I'll learn from next time. It'll just be right from the get go, even with the chat beforehand.
1: Yeah, because
0: okay, you never, so- you never
1: know. I got called out one time. <laughs> this is funny. Um, I, whenever they like the recording starts earlier, the recording starts late. Like a lot of the times when I'm on shows, they won't stop recording till the la- until everyone says goodbye. And mm-hmm. at some point, I was on a show where I had made a comment that I get called out a lot for being like a brash speaker and it's i'm not brash i'm just i'm just from new york but i had the way i had said it right and the way i had said it was i i I had the f word in there and what's funny is at the end of this show they bleeped me out i've never been bleeped before and so like at the end like they do the show then there's their outro music and then there's me going like people think i'm brash but i'm just from beep new york and i thought it was the funniest thing ever that it was my ringtone for a little bit because like I've never been bleeped professionally and I thought it was yeah. great because I do curse a lot in real life. Um, yeah. But like, I, yeah, you never know those gems that you're going to get if you just yeah. start recording in the beginning and end of the, yeah. and end that, of the that's life. That's a
0: lesson for me as well. As soon as it gets started, bump. there we go. Because yeah, we yeah. had so many nuggets um, beforehand as well. And though. no one's
1: going to know. Sorry, audience. You don't get it now. Yeah. That so, stays so between wait, me no, and David. It's,
0: it's our secret. It's Justin and my secret. <laughs> so.